Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Always. Welcome back to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast here, guys. Going to get into a reoccurring theme, which is becoming, I guess, a reoccurring theme on this show, and that is the spirituality of the United Nations and how they are big proponents of this push into the new age woo-woo shit. And I've been very vocal about my disdain for that whole ideology, but um, we're going to keep that going today. So, you know... It not only I'm not gonna talk shit about people that believe in this stuff um, unless you are part of this high society, which I am kind of going against. I see a huge problem with it because they make it look so nice and make it look so tolerant, even with the names of like some of these institutions that I'm gonna go through today. The Temple of Understanding sounds very positive, right? When you're overly positive and you're overly appealing. It's something that we should always be concerned about. If someone is coming at you trying to offer you complete niceness, right? You're they're usually stabbing you in the back a little bit. So um this is just something I've become fascinated with. The the spirituality of the United Nations, and I hope that you are too. I know that quite a few other podcast hosts are interested in this. Um once I started discussing the Lucius Trust, a few other great shows wanted to have me on to discuss this with them. Most recently, the Reality Czars podcast, that was a fun one. I, I got to speak with only one of the hosts, half the hosting team there, but it was a great chat. You know, we, we had a good time, went all over the place, but um, I've, I've been on a few shows, and this is a topic that seems to really get a lot of people interested, and I hope that it makes people question where this spirituality is coming from. I mean, you hear so many people say that term, the the phrase I should say, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. And this is by design. Okay. And I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. I know I've talked about this a lot, but I find it very, very strange that um, it's so appealing to so many people. We've been told over and over again, almost subliminally that religion is going to end the world, right? My, my dad used to say this to me, when I was young, he would tell me that, uh, you know, he, he believes in God and he thinks that religion serves a purpose, but he also thinks that the world will end someday because of clashing religions. So this is also something that the United Nations pushes through ideas like the Lucius Trust and also the Temple of Understanding. Um, there's, there's quite a few separate locations here throughout the world, really, um, that push for a one world religion. And I'm like I said, I'm going to be doing somewhat of a series on this. It's not going to be consecutive episodes. Just over the next few months, months kind of sporadically, I'll be throwing in different ideas of of this and different 
fact-driven episodes like I like to do. Um, you know, usually fairly heavily researched and gonna gonna try and expose this and get some thought going on the ideas of this one world religion because um, again, it sounds good on the surface, right? But usually if the United Nations is trying to push something, it's not in our best interest. Um, maybe later in the episode, I'll go through this 17 point plan of the UN, which I was it's funny, I was looking through this and then Matt brings it up. I have nine of them written down here so far and just my thoughts on them. Things that sound good, decent work and economic growth, industries, innovation, and infrastructure focus. Pretty positive sounding things, but a lot of these goals are unattainable. No world poverty, come on. I mean, they're not going to bring the lower end of people up. They're going to bring the middle people down so that poverty the definition of it gets changed, right? Same way that they did the definition of a recession. Traditionally, the definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, if I'm not mistaken. People have based their education on economics around this idea, among many others, but this was a fully agreed upon idea, and all of a sudden it's changed. I mean, it's as simple as that. It's very 1984-esque. Changing the definition to fit your narrative when you have a shitty administration leading the country and two consecutive quarters of negative GDP are very probable. We're going to find that out the day that this episode is released or shortly after. I think it comes out Thursday, 728. Um, they're kind of gearing us up to to see that this is a very real thing, that, that the, the country is in a recession, but... Um, I've seen them kind of pull tricks here where they're kind of leading you into believing one idea and then the opposite thing happens. So this isn't an economics episode, but I just I find it very, very um, suspicious, I would say, that, you know, there's a lot of definition changes going around here. Um, before I get into this episode, guys, I wanted to just remind you, if you care to support the show, um, the very least that you could do is, you know, leave a five-star review. I've been, actually been getting some funny ones. I wanted to read one here because this is the kind of shit that I like, okay? When you can leave a five-star review and you can say anything that you want, I think that you should have a little bit of fun with it, okay? Now, uh, let me see here. I got to pull this up. I should have had this ready, but we're doing this on the fly. So, yeah, so this Paul G on here leaves a five-star review and says, yikes, Dude rambles on about corrupt government and shh societies. Probably thinks the world is flat and hollow. What a loser. The only reliable source of info these days is mainstream media and the science, trademarked. Please stop the misinformation. I would write more, but my clot shot status is running low and I need a booster stat. Good food reviews, though. Winky face. I like that. I enjoy that, Paul. So thank you. Talk all the shit you want. And leave a five-star review. And I hope that the guy is joking. Uh, it sounds like he is about his shot. So, you know, that's that's the fun stuff that we like to see. Um, there's tons of good reviews on there that I'm really excited about. But, yeah, just fuck around on there. You know what I mean? Don't need to be so damn serious about shit. So leave five-star reviews. Tell your friends about the show. Um, if you feel so inclined and you're interested, more importantly, if you're interested in the content um, and the full versions of all the episodes to get the full experience Go to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast, $3. Okay, you'll get all the, the shit going. 
And actually, I'm doing a new thing under the $5 tier where not only are you getting the rants, but you're going to get bonus episodes that I feel are a little too controversial, let's say, to put on the free feed here. And I don't want thousands and thousands of people hearing it. I would prefer, you know, my my smaller audience at Patreon uh, to, to hear some of this stuff. The first one that we did was the crime family known as the Pelosi family or the D'Alessandro family. Really, really cool stuff. Um, so we got into that, and that was, um, like I said, just something that I don't want to talk about on here. That's the kind of stuff that gets you banned. So um, hopefully that, that'll be safe over there on Patreon. Now, uh, Dangerous World Store is somewhere that you can go if you'd like to uh, support the show by rocking merch. And I do want to give people a heads up. Um, you know, the people that have purchased things over there are really cool and, and very understanding that I am not Amazon. And the packages sometimes take a lot longer than I would hope for just because of how busy I am. But I've never not given people what they fucking buy ever. And um, people are usually very understanding. I uh, haven't had one serious complaint. Just people being like, hey, man, where's my shirt or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm just behind. I'm sorry. I'll get it to you ASAP. Um, so with that being said, that's not the best advertisement for it. But it's honest. I, I mean, you know, it's a, a one person thing. I'm doing, you know, 90 percent of the research doing um pretty much 100% of the content as well, right? Sometimes Kim will jump in and help. Um and then I'm also printing the shirts. This isn't Teespring, this isn't fucking Printfold. I you know, I'm I'm printing this shit myself. So, uh thanks for understanding that to the ones that purchase it. And uh that store is still still slinging t-shirts. So I appreciate that very much, guys. Now let's get to business here. Okay? Let's get down to business. Now I mentioned the Temple of Understanding, and this was started back in the, oh shit, late 50s, mid 50s, late 50s. The ideas were getting kicked around here, okay? Now, um, Juliet uh, Hollister was the one that came up with this idea initially, and Eleanor Roosevelt was telling her that she needs to apply for NGO status of the United Nations. Uh, she has some support from people like John D. Rockefeller Jr., uh, some big wigs in society for sure. And the initial idea was to basically bring together the six largest religions of the world in a massive church or a temple in Washington, D.C. They said off the Potomac River, right? Now, I found it interesting that they chose six, okay? It does make sense. You have Christianity, Islam, Judaism, your three Abrahamics, your Taoism or Confucianism, depending on where you look. Now, if you remember when I was talking about the the classic of mountains and seas, Confucianism was really the the thing at the time known as the path, and then Taoism or Taoism comes in as the, quote, other path. So from what I gather, Taoism has overtaken Confucianism as far as, you know, being a larger religion, but Confucianism will be cited as uh, one of the religions, if it's not Taoism, it's one or the other. And then you also have Buddhism and Hinduism, Hinduism being potentially the world's oldest living religion. So uh, again, just to make it clear, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Taoism, or Confucianism, not both, one or the other, Buddhism and Hinduism for your six. And the idea, the initial idea for this is very interesting. It's a big central dome with six wings or corridors, I like to think of them as tentacles, splitting off uh, with fully decked out temples created by high society from each of the respective religions, okay? So if you're looking at the Christian one, you're having Christian crosses, lots of uh, decadent art probably. Hinduism, Buddhism, they're obviously going to be different than the others. 
in what John D. Rockefeller himself called the Church of Ale People. The Church of Ale People. I found that to be interesting. Now, I don't know if that was a typo, if they meant to say Church of Ale People or Church of All People, because both fit for sure. You have um, a couple typos in this thing that I was reading through, but this one stood out to me for some reason. Again, I, I don't know if it's a typo or not, but the Church of Ale People, the Church of Sick or Desperate People, right? Because people are often pretty desperate when they turn to globalism. So, I don't know, these people are kind of often discarded by their loved ones or feel a sense of emptiness, hence why they want to support the current thing. They want to be on board in the outrage and, and, you know, again, getting behind the current thing. There's memes out there, I support the current thing, blah, blah, blah. And they want to be part of a bigger family of people whose emotions have been militarized, okay? Now, I understand people needing a group, but um, that's why, uh, you know, one of the many problems that I have with these spiritual pushes and these new age pushes is they tap into damaged people to support their ideology. And they make them feel like they're doing the right thing by getting on board with our leaders who want to run us into the ground. You know, if, if they're all angry together, who needs God? Who needs family? Who needs people that might challenge your beliefs? If everyone's all angry together and everyone's in the same group, right? I think it's it's um it's very sad that this goes on like this. So remembering that this is the initial plan for this this uh, building to be built uh, in Washington D.C., there's some ideas that they were throwing around um, when they were visioning what they wanted to build here. And um, the quote from from what I was reading says, "To the right of each chapel or wing." will be a combined library and reading room. The books in this adjacent library will cover the main currents of thought from the particular religion, including its various branches. And beneath the main floor of the temple in the center there will be a center of understanding. Okay? Here, courses of study in the world's great religions will be given on both the student and layman level. This downstairs area will serve children as well as adults, and will be will be planned acoustically to protect the atmosphere of quiet in the great central hall above. So it's basically a sealed off room. Now, what could go on down there besides studying? I don't know. Maybe a sacrifice or two. Who the fuck knows? I find this very very weird. But the upper level of this central central room here, this um, underneath, or I should say, above the center of understanding. The upper level of the Temple of Understanding will center around a reflecting pool of water, and this inner pool surrounded by benches will be designed for meditation and prayer. It will be kept completely quiet at all times, and to be known as the Hall of Illumination. The Hall of Illumination above the center of understanding. Very strange, right? Now this, of course, didn't work out the way that they saw it to be fit. And it actually seems like they moved this all to uh, New York. They didn't stick with the idea of keeping it in Washington, D.C. There is a large cathedral uh, near the Potomac River in Washington, D.C., and this is called the Washington National Cathedral. Right away, I thought that this was what it ended up being. But upon a little bit of uh, further looking, and then, of course, from some uh, guidance from my buddy Shannon, who started 
a new podcast. He's finally gotten that at least uh, started in its infancy. It's called The Secret Squirrel Podcast. I recommend that you check that out. It's so funny that him and I um, are both really, really fascinated with the Lucius Trust. And I, I mentioned this thing to him over text. You know, I'm looking into this temple of understanding. I don't know if you've heard of it. And he emails or uh, texts me back, emails. He texts me back and he says, um, dude, I've been looking into them too. And he sends me pictures of these very strange sculptures and these pillars and um, some really, really creepy stuff for a church to be getting involved with. Um, so I'm going to go through that because the Temple of Understanding headquarters seems to be this uh, very, very weird church in Manhattan called St. John the Divine Cathedral. And there is some wild, wild shit here. Um, I want to go through this here just a bit. And then I'm going to get back into a little bit more of the Lucius Trust and their work because they seem to be partnered up with this Temple of Understanding to create the UN Meditation Room. And I'm going to go kind of deep on that meditation room, some of the symbolism within there. I actually have some specs of the room. And um, it's uh, very, very dark once you start looking into it, as if it wasn't already. Um, there's some other hidden chambers within the UN Meditation Room that I was unaware of. But, um, you know, talking about the Hall of Illumination and the Center for Understanding and all this shit, it's um, it's unclear what the real purpose of all of this stuff is, but it sure is dark seeming, okay? Now, the real Temple of Understanding, like I said, St. John the Divine Cathedral, based out of Manhattan, uh, constructed in 1925, a very prestigious Masonic building. Actually, uh, Manly P. Hall has an interesting quote here on uh, one of the sites. This is Vigilant Citizen. And uh, some of the pictures I think that Shannon sent over are from this page. And then I have another link that uh, goes a little, uh, not deeper, but takes a different angle on what some of these uh, underlying meanings are. But Manly P. Hall says this about um, not really this church specifically, but the ideas of uh, Christianity borrowing some pagan ideology. So he goes on to say this. He says, The pagan intellectuals reclothed their original ideas in a garment of Christian phraseology, but bestowed the keys of the symbolism only upon those duly initiated and bound to secrecy. This is, of course, from the secret teachings of all ages. And uh, boy, Manly P. Hall, up there with Albert Pike, right? Uh, interesting couple characters here. And uh, this completion of this uh, massive cathedral, touted as being the largest in the world, I don't know if that's 100% true or not. It seems like there's some big ones in Europe as well. This uh, construction upon completion was on the cover of Masonic World, which is a publication of the Freemasons, clearly. And um, when you zoom in on it, Morningside Heights, New York City, um, 25 cents a copy, volume 11, a nice little magical number there. Um, lots of symbolism on the cover of this alone, clearly, in any kind of Masonic work. You have Bahaz and Yahin. Lots of uh, just weird underlying shit. Anytime that you're looking into the Masons, I, I find it uh, to be a fun little uh, ditty to get into. And there are uh, square encompasses all throughout this church on the interior but I'm going to talk about the exterior first. There is some truly disturbing imagery for a um, Episcopalian church, I believe it is. 
you'd think it'd be Catholic referencing St. John. Uh, but St. John the Divine would be, um, I believe this is the same as John the Baptist. Now, admittedly, I'm not the most educated on the Bible, but someone out there could correct me if I'm wrong. This is the guy that is credited with creating the Revelations book of the Bible, right? A, a very fascinating book to a lot of conspiracy theorists and Christians and, and you know, people that study religion the world over find this work to be very interesting. There is an Illuminati pyramid at the top of the uh, cathedral here on one side, um, complete with an all-seeing eye at the top, and it looks like six points shooting off from that. Tons of Freemason and occult shit all throughout here. The Rosicrucian Order and the Knights Templar have been accused of devil worship and um, all kinds of weird stuff that connects in with this church. Now, there's one pillar in particular that really disturbs a lot of people from this uh, new location of the Temple of Understanding. And it's a pillar where at the top you have Manhattan, complete with the Twin Towers. Now, this was sculpted in 1997, so keep that in mind when I say this. You have the Twin Towers falling. Um, the buildings are all going primarily in one direction, but there is what looks to be a mushroom cloud behind the Twin Towers, and the Twin Towers are falling, um, complete with triangles around um, some other Masonic symbolism, some ladders, some uh, triangles, some squares and compasses. Um, but then you scroll down a little further, and you see further works of some sort of apocalyptic uh, New York, which is it's wild to think that this is a church showing this there in New York City. Um, there's something really creepy about the darkness that is um, seems to be consuming these churches. Why not focus more on positivity rather than the threat of an apocalypse? I mean, you have the, um, what is this, the Brooklyn Bridge, and you have like a bus falling off of it, carved into a pillar, mind you, and a, and a, and a full-out scene of an apocalypse in New York. It looks like there's waves um, you know, consuming the buildings. There are literal demons running around. There's women crying, holding their children, all carved, by the way. I, I can't stress that enough. This is carved into a church. Demons running around. It looks like skeletons holding some sort of large insectoid type things. Um, people hugging each other, people falling down, clearly dying, holding their kids. Uh, really dark shit for a church. Now, you scroll down and you see more uh, references to New York specifically. And there's two quotes um, out of Revelation that relate directly to the Statue of Liberty and the New York Stock Exchange, according to some people much smarter than myself. And the first one relating to the Statue of Liberty, uh, which is portrayed on this church, says a great prostitute who sits on many waters, peoples, multitudes, nations and languages. Holding a golden cup, she rules over the kings of the earth. Now, again, this is from Revelations, and that is, uh, in these people's opinion, referencing the Statue of Liberty. And then, uh, in regard to the New York Stock Exchange, merchants of the earth who grew rich from her excessive luxuries, weeping because nobody buys their goods anymore. Okay? Wild. And, and yes, again, the New York Stock Exchange is portrayed clearly almost um, intentionally, I would say, right? 
I don't think that you carve something into a stone by accident. And I'll post all these pictures. This is clearly in the free portion of the of the show here. I'll post these pictures on uh, Instagram, obviously, and then definitely in uh, some links where you can see these things, too. Um, just freaky shit. But, yeah, the Statue of Liberty right next to this. Um, let's see what else we want to get into here. Ah, sculptures outside, um, not relating to the actual pillars. You have um, the dark side of the moon here, the tired side of the moon as they refer to it, with some more apocalyptic images. Uh, looks like the Archangel Michael potentially sitting atop a crab where um, there's definitely a demon whose head is um, about to be pinched by a crab. Then uh, you scroll down a little further here looking at these. There are some very interesting rituals that go on in this. Um, and I'll get into those in just a second. I want to break down some more of the imagery outside. So I'm going to go to my other website here. That first one mentioned is um, Vigilant Citizen. And then this next one I'm going to is HyperAllergic.com. Very strange uh, name right there. But uh, taking a second to load my mistake. We have more in-depth look at some of these pillars. Now, there are several skulls and crossbones all throughout the outside, and I'm just looking at these images directly online here. Um, yeah, keeping continuing to look at this, you see not only some dead-looking angels, you see John the Divine looking right at you as you're entering in, um, entering into the main entrance of the church, and behind him there's a mummy, and behind that mummy, there is what looks to be a pregnant woman, um, potentially like Mary or something, with a man behind her, um, and it looks like a man. Um, and these are the only colored statues engraved into this very elaborate set. Um, everything is the color of the stone or the concrete, but these, the mummy, the, the um, Mary-looking woman with a man behind her, and then a uh, looks like a Tibetan monk or something, um, all lined up behind John, and underneath them are more sculptures of people wearing robes, and to the side towards the main entrance is this uh, portal of uh, paradise. That's a it's a weird looking thing. You see what appears to be John the Divine in the center, holding up his arms and seven circles surrounding him. Um, with some Pegasus-looking things, uh, horses with wings flying towards it um, on one side, and then a lion and a man on the other. Um, tons of people underneath carved into stone once again, and then some very elaborate doors with four heads on top of those. Now, in the dead center, you have another sculpture of what I'm told is uh, John the Divine, and what he's standing on is very interesting. You see... Four men riding four horses of the apocalypse right underneath John the Divine's feet. Okay, so keeping in mind that he wrote the book of Revelations, this could make sense. Um, again, I just see it to be so dark that we're focused on the negative aspects, right? I know that the whole gimmick of the church is to rope people in by fear, making them say like, hey, you know, you're choosing the right religion here. If, you, if you're outside of this church... You know, you're, you're going to be caught up in, in the scenes that you're seeing so elegantly engraved into our walls. I see it as incredibly dark. Now, uh, some more art on the outside. You have a dog-looking figure 
looking at a dragon and it's just a, a very weird weird one that's pointed out here um, a lot of these things seem to be of biblical reference but the dog and dragon one I'm not 100% clear on dark shit very very weird um, the dog seems to be kind of cowering away from the dragon um, and this one so bear with me while I'm kind of trying to just dissect these different um, images here because I'm doing this as you're hearing it uh, just kind of looking upon some of these and, and they're fucking insane um on the on the far right there's a, a series of four columns with what seems to be some sort of divine humans on top of them on the far right you see something that really really resembles the tree of kabbalah they they do some mental gymnastics and tell you that it's something to do with um atomium which i'm not even sure what that is but uh i'll, I'll read you exactly what it says the column bases oppose the apocalypse scenes show hands in communion, what looks like a baby head coming out of a flower, a garden scene, and what looks like the Atonium, Atonium Monument in Brussels. This is actually a Kabbalah tree. And, uh, okay, so so they thought that it was the Atonium Monument in Brussels, but this is, in fact, the Kabbalah tree. So that's wild. Um and not to gloss over the child being born out of a flower, it is very vividly done. To the right of the child, there seems to be some other uh, infant wrapped in a blanket. There's a hand opening one of the stems of the flower, and it literally looks like a vagina. I don't mean to be gross here. I'm trying to be as serious as possible. Um, it looks like a vagina, but it is a flower uh, with a child's head um, just poking out like um, the moment of a child's birth. It appears to have some kind of curly hair. Uh, I don't know if that's significant or not. And a wave portal underneath that one. So I don't know the significance there, but you see just, I feel like everything here makes some sort of sense. Two hands uh, next to that holding up what appears to be a goat or a dog holding a flag and a stick of some kind, uh, but the man's holding it up with two hands. Again, I'll post these pictures. Very dark. Um, but yeah, let's go back to the inside, right? Let's go check out what goes on inside of this new Temple of Understanding, the official Temple of Understanding, the one that they were actually able to pull off. Um, Juliet Hollister seemed to have uh, ambitions that were even too, too much for the fucking UN. So... Um, this strange ceremony that they do in this church, this Episcopalian church, or as I like to call it, Episcopal, right? They have a, a procession of the ghouls, okay? This is on Halloween, I guess, every year, and they have this very, very demonic event. You wouldn't think that a church would have any kind of Halloween festival, right? This is a pagan holiday. Um, as Manly P. Hall said, all of the Christian holidays are pagan holidays, and the secrets aren't given to anyone that isn't sworn to secrecy. So my question now would obviously be, how did these secrets become more well-known? Were they intended to be known in the days of 2022, right? Who's to say? But I find it suspicious. Any time evidence of um, you know proving the satanic connection between the church um, and, and these Freemasons, man, it's fucking wild. But the procession of the ghouls, um, as I said, Halloween ritual, 
um, people walking down the the um, you know halls of the church dressed in costumes of demons, uh, monsters, all kinds of weird shit. Just a lot of um, creepy music being played. I guess organ music is is being blasted all throughout the church here, and um, Satan is is clearly uh, being worshipped in this whole thing. And they have this dark, dark thing that's supposed to be uh, Jesus being crucified, but it looks like a witch skeleton of some sort. And, um, I mean, a very stick-like figure with shredded clothes hanging off of it. It does have its arms in the position of Jesus uh, on the crucifix, but it's um, clearly a skull head. And then, um, I mean... no legs. It looks like a ghost. It looks like a demon for sure. And in front of it, you see a dark Pope looking figure holding up a, a crooked crucifix, which is demonic. If you if you remember my Lucius Trust episode, the crooked cross is is um, demon reference. Man, these pictures are fucking creepy, dude. Um, it's things that, like I said, look like a Pope skeleton. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Ghost BC, the band. It looks like that. Um, fucking weird. They bless animals in this church as well, which is a deliberate no-no. Um, very pagan in its roots. They have a white horse or a pale horse as one that's getting blessed. And then also a bull, um, a male cow here, uh, being walked out by some sort of official in a white robe with a red rose, uh, possibly a Rosicrucian reference there. But, um, you see this white robe idea being repeated throughout a lot of this shit. Um, a lot of cults, whether it's the Lucia celebration, uh, pagan rituals of Greece, there are uh, multiple references to white robes representing purity. And um, it does seem that this is uh, for sure some sort of negative reference to the only pure human, according to Christians, which would be Jesus Christ, right? Um, again, I don't, I don't fully understand a lot of the symbolism here, but it's repeated. Um, let's see. I'm not even going to mention the uh, blessing of bicycles, which they do there. I don't know what the fuck that would be. But uh, they, they do winter solstice celebrations in this place as well, which you can't do those things. This is sun worship. This is earth worship. Um, not really supposed to be a thing that continues anymore. I mean, this is old old shit. This is a neo-pagan ideology. Um, there's a great quote here that I'm going to, I'm going to read. It says, we are neo-pagans. And I believe this is actually from Al Gore. I shouldn't, shouldn't miss that. Al Gore has been a guest there several times at the cathedral of St. John the Divine. And, uh, he's infamously said, according to Christians, this is a, a bad statement and I can't disagree. God is not separate from the earth. Okay, he says God is not separate from the earth, but according to the Abrahamic religions, God is, in fact, separate from the earth. He's in the heavens, right? The devil would be more present here on earth than God in their own words. And I've gotten some pushback from some buddies of mine by saying that the devil shows himself more on earth here. Um, And who's to know who's right? I just I'm new to this stuff and I find it incredibly um, there's definitely two sides to it. So it's easy to argue about it, but I find, I find this to make sense to me. Um, but yeah, he's basically saying there that, that God is earth. Earth is God and vice versa. Um, but he goes on to say this, we are neo-pagans. Okay. 
implying an eclectic reconstruction of ancient nature religions and combining archetypes of many cultures with other mystic and spiritual disciplines. And our beliefs and values are no different from those you describe as your own. Your book, Earth in Balance, is heralded by our people as a manifesto for all we hold dear. Now that there are half, mil- half a million neo-pagans out here who support you and who voted for you and who will rally to aid of your policies for the salvation of Earth and the reunification of the great family. It's very strange. He wrote this, I guess, in 1996. Um, yeah, Gore had been repeatedly applauded by pagan groups and uh, the Church of All Worlds congratulated Clinton by saying this. So my mistake, that was actually that quote that I just read was coming from this church, um, also known as the All Worlds Church, okay, congratulating Clinton and Gore in their victory um, in 96. So, yeah, man, I mean, it's it's clear this is the new location confirmed of the Temple of Understanding, a neo-pagan thing, um, supported by all kinds of religious leaders of that time. Mother Teresa was very prevalent in the starting of this of this um, group, and... Um, you just see a lot of interfaith meetings, man. And it, it, on the surface, it sounds good. There's nothing wrong with religions getting along together. But there is something that makes the authority less uh, centralized if there isn't one world religion. If Christians and Islam and Jude- Jewish people, um, Hindus, Buddhists, and Taoists all fall under one roof, then they would be listening to one person giving them orders on how to believe and when to act on those beliefs. Why can't we just believe in different things and appreciate our diversity in not only our appearances, but our beliefs? That's true diversity. If you disagree with somebody and you look different than them, but you don't fight each other, that is diversity that should be celebrated. Hey, you're different, and I think that some of your beliefs are goofy as fuck. But it doesn't make me want to kill you, and I hope that you don't want to kill me. Let's grab a drink or some fucking turkey if we're going to use the Thanksgiving reference. I mean, I don't know why everything has to be so extreme and so polarized these days, but I guess it falls right on point with uh, everything else going on in this crazy world. But uh, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, uh, more more of this uh, one world religious push sponsored by none other than the UN, right? This is, again, an NGO within the UN, the Temple of Understanding. And um, I I started going down the rabbit hole of that whole thing because of the Lucius Trust. And like I said, I am going to revisit this repeatedly. Um, Not, I just don't want to burn people out of it. Um, I'm completely consumed by learning more about this, but that doesn't mean you all are. So, um, One thing that I did say a while ago was that the Lucius Trust is solely responsible for the meditation room at the United Nations there in New York. And while that's partially true, it's, um, you know, they're not the only entity that helped create this thing. This is also the Temple of Understanding. There's a lot of um, different religious ideology that went into this room of meditation. It's heavy in Hinduism and Buddhist influence. But um, I just found it to be, um, when I first learned about it, I found it to be just insane that there is a meditation room at the world leaders' um, little safety net there in New York. Now, I can't think of a more anti 
Christian, anti-spiritual, uh, spiritual in the good sense, not the bastardized, corrupted version, but um, spiritual, religious, uh, pure. I can't think of any area lacking that in the United States more than New York City. So I think if they really wanted to make this a positive thing, maybe build it in a city that isn't based off of greed and, and um, I mean, it's just a mean city. They're mean there, right? I, I, it doesn't mean I want things, anything to happen on there, but it's insane. So, you know, looking at this meditation room, I found uh, some specs, some ideas of, um, you know, how, how some of this stuff was, was constructed and in the way that it was carried out and, and what we see when we look at the room itself. Now, there's the altar, there's the mural, there's um, some other kind of fun things about the room. And I'm going to read some of the shit that I came across. And I'll start with the altar, the the massive six and a half ton iron ore, crystalline iron ore that was given to the UN in 1957 by the Swedish government. And when I was looking into this, I came across the information that there is a corridor beneath the room there. And that's the only part that's sealed off to the public. So my question is obviously, what the hell is down there? right? Another sealed off room, kind of like the idea of the Temple of Understanding, the original idea where they had the center um, of understanding underneath that room of illumination, right? Um, I don't know. It's wild that this six and a half ton thing is sitting underneath basically a hollow or sitting on top of, I should say, a hollow room. Um, But yeah, think about that. A passageway that's sealed off from the public. Now, the chunk of ore has been described as a lodestone um, or magatite, which is strongly magnetic and which uh, possesses polarity as well. So this is uh, very, very healing um, by its nature. I mean, if it's if it's got polarity, this is kind of what we are getting into with the Ed Lee Scowlin stuff where he healed himself, allegedly, of tuberculosis by being around what he called magnetricity the electricity that is given off by magnets. Now, what what would the significance be to this? I think that there's definitely a connection. I'm not sure what it is, but um, clearly they want people that spend a lot of time in this room to get some sort of uh, health benefit from it, which is interesting. I mean, this is open to the public again, but whatever's underneath is not. So um, that's another rabbit hole that, that your mind can wild out in. But yeah, with this coming from Sweden, it shouldn't be a surprise because there is um, one of the largest magnetite deposits in the world believed to have been formed by segregation in magma back then. And obviously magma is just like, you know, we all know what magma is, the molten uh, material held in solution under the pressure of the Earth's crust. So I uh, think about that, the, the first aspect here being this massive black cube uh, not exactly a cube, but it's definitely a reference to that, is a six and one half ton heavily magnetized iron ore. Um, crazy. I didn't realize it was A, that heavy, and that magnetic. So definitely um, got to give some weird energy off in this very, very quiet room. Now let's move on to the mural. Uh, this fresco mural that was uh, described in the UN review of uh, January 1958 
as having been designed to, quote, conform with the purity of line and color sought for what Secretary General Dag Hammarskjöld was called. Um, he called this a room of stillness, right? No, no sound, um, calm energy, still energy. That's uh, it's meant to apparently center people before um, meetings or before any any kind of uh, undertaking that may be uh, going on within the UN. Now it was painted uh, predominantly in shades of grays and blues, but it includes yellow and white patterns and a black half sphere. Um, light pure pure colors intersect from uh, deeper forms of of grays, and these these pure colors will interlap and make darker shades so there's some sort of um either alchemical reference to that or potentially just um maybe maybe it is all aesthetic i don't know i i I don't think i'm looking too deeply into this as far as like overlooking it or over analyzing it because the the idea that this this artist of this mural says that there's no rhyme or reason to the way that he laid this out but as you'll see here that's completely false now um new york times described the fresco as being eight feet eight inches in height and six feet eight inches in width more brightly illuminated at the top than the bottom with light of course now that could represent some duality you've got your light and your dark for a nice little uh, duality reference there but I have some very, very basic numerological shit here for you, too. Eight feet, eight inches high. That's 104 inches total, right? If we're talking inches. Now, uh, six feet, eight inches wide is 80 inches. So taking that number, the two numbers, 104 inches tall, 80 inches wide, not only does 104 plus the 80 equal 184, which would simplify down numerologically to 13. By adding together 1 plus 8 plus 4, you get 13, right? Um, and that's that's just your very basic way of, of simplifying any any amount of digits down to a, um, a simple, you know, addition, right? And normally you would take the 1 and the 3 and you would make that a 4, which also has some very occult references i mean you have your four directions um four represents earth in a big way uh four represents demonic kind of stuff more more of the ecological shit um what what is the term that they use the uh i think it is ecology right mixing god and earth i should know this off the top of my head but yeah four is is the directions the elements it is Earth, so uh, but thirteen obviously very significant in the occult, right? We get a lot of um, creepy vibes when we hear thirteen. It's an unlucky number. So by multiplying, not only adding one hundred four and eighty, getting one eighty four, and that adding up to thirteen, you can multiply one hundred four times eighty to find the total uh, number of square inches of the surface area of the painting, and you get eight thousand three hundred and twenty. Now without thinking too hard about this at all, adding together those single digits, 8 plus 3 plus 2 plus 0, again, you get 13. So you get 13 whether you add these numbers together or you multiply them together. What is the What are the odds of that? You know, I think that that alone is giving some sort of strange reference to 13, very subliminally. Um, and I came up with this myself. I don't, I don't think that it's a stretch, though. You're simply adding numbers together that aren't 
I mean, again, it's not a stretch. Um, but yeah, I found that kind of mind blowing coming across that. Now, um, who's the guy that painted it? It's a fellow named Bo Beskow. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, even though he's probably a satanic piece of shit. Um, he was a, a longtime friend of, of Hammerskold, who was, uh, you know, obviously the dude that commissioned this room. And uh, I believe, um, he was in charge of the UN at the time. I don't miss, miss, uh, don't quote me on that, I should say, but, you know, highly connected with the UN. And he painted the mural, like I said. He said that there was no intentional subliminal messages or um, messages in your face. But he does admit, straight up, that the painting was meant to convey the dimensions of the room itself. So which is it, Mr. Besco? Beskow, whatever the fuck. Is there no meaning to the painting? Is it all just a bunch of lines and shapes? Or is it to convey the meaning of your room? Because that would be deliberate intent. I don't know. It sounds like some more of the satanic doublespeak bullshit. It's more the occult doublespeak that they love to do. And um, you can take some words from from this mystic uh, guy named P.D. Ospensky. And he straight up tells us that art always has purpose from the artist. There's never anything done unintentionally in a high-level art that's commissioned by the United Nations of all that, right? He's not just throwing together lines. This isn't some Jackson Pollock shit where he's just splattering lines and fucking around, having a good time, finger-painting like a Hunter Biden, right? There is deliberate intent to everything going into this piece of art, and there should be. There should be if he's painting something that's supposed to be in front of so many influential people but don't say that there's no meaning to it when you deliberately say that there is, okay? Just wild stuff. So those are the two main pieces of the room, right? But there are more elements to the room than just the mural and the altar, okay? And I'm going to get into this leaflet that's written for people who enter to read. And this is a direct quote, so bear with me because I am just directly reading here. It says, however, there are simple things which speak to all of us uh, in the same language, we have sought for such things, and we believe that we have found them in the shaft of light striking the shimmering surface of solid rock. This is referring to literally what it sounds like. There is a light above the massive crystalline iron ore that shines right onto the rock. Is this light Lucifer? I don't know. You tell me. It seems to represent like the, the like Sirius or... Um, maybe the eastern star, but it is clearly a light illuminating the black surface of the rock. Continue reading here. Uh, so in the middle of the room, we see a symbol of how daily the light of the skies gives life to the earth on which we stand, a symbol to many of us of how the light of the spirit gives life to matter. And when we're, we're referring to spirit here, it's safe to say they're referring to Lucifer, who they reference quite often. Lucifer, the light bearer, okay? But the stone in the middle of the room has more to tell us. We may see it as an altar, empty not because there is no God, not because it is an altar to an unknown God, but because it is dedicated to the God whom man worships under many names and many forms. That to me is incredibly dark. I don't know why. It just gives a bad, bad vibe to me. Now, the stone in the middle of the room reminds us also of the firm and permanent in the world of movement and change. The block of iron ore has the weight and solidarity of the everlasting. It is a reminder of, uh, of that cornerstone of endurance and faith 
on which all human endeavor must be based. The material of the stone leads our thoughts to the necessity for choice between destruction and peace. Of iron, man has forged his swords. Of iron, he has also made his plowshares. So you can fight or you can feed yourself. You can uh, do. You can carry out peace or war with iron, according to, to these words. The shaft of light strikes the stone in a room of utter simplicity. When our eyes travel from these symbols to the front wall, they meet a simple pattern opening up the room to all the harmony, freedom, and balance of a pace. There's an ancient Chinese saying that the sense of a vessel is not in its shell, but in the void. So it is with this room. It is for those who come here to fill the void with what they find in the center of stillness. Interesting little thing to read upon entering here, right? And the Lucius Trust echoes some of these ideas, obviously, from the leaflet uh, through the World Goodwill Bulletin issued... um, through this special edition of the United Nations in July 1957, which contained an article entitled Lodestone. Now, I'm going to quote from this uh, description in the meditation room. It says, the visitor will be totally unprepared for what he, they don't, they, they gender that, for what he will see as he steps in the door for a moment of quiet. Because of the converging walls and the dim light, He will experience a peculiar spatial disorientation and dimension and perspective will seem difficult to establish. So this is deliberately disorienting you and making it so that um, your senses are shocked. Now, this seems like the beginning of some sort of ritual. Um, Remember the ice bucket challenge and how I kind of talked about how satanic that was. Um, The the feeling of disorientation or the, the shock in your system that may open up some sort of portal within you and allow something to enter potentially. I'm not an expert here, but this is, this is what I've read. And, um, it, it just seems like a, um, like a really underhanded way to fuck somebody over that may not go in here knowing what they could potentially be opening themselves up to embrace within their own body. Some sort of invocation could be going on here without them even knowing. Now, I'm going to go back to this. Um, In the center of the room, he will see, illuminated by a single point of light from the ceiling, a rectangular mass. And it goes on to say, the pinpoint of light, the void of space, the illuminated crystalline ore, one feels projected into a setting of cosmological symbolism rather than one of planetary or even solar intent. This is worship of the cosmos. This goes beyond worshiping the sun. So I think it's important to reiterate the idea and the the fact, really, that it wasn't only the Lucius Trust that pressured this Dag Hammerskold into, um, you know, putting this one world religion forward on behalf of the UN. There's also groups like the World Council of Churches established a year before um, all of this stuff started going on with the meditation room. And um, I mean, so this is we're talking what 1947 here, but in 1952, the original room was created uh, pretty bare bones. Um, You had a 300 year old, 800 pound slab of mahogany rather than the six and a half ton of magnetic iron ore. And I don't know, maybe they just didn't have the resources to get, you know, this massive rock brought over from Sweden. 
mahogany is uh is nice right but um nothing nothing compared to to what they had they go from 800 pounds to 6.5 tons Another thing that the room had at the time was a phylodendron, and I might be mispronouncing that, but it's a plant with heart-shaped leaves on this altar of mahogany to symbolize some unknown person killed in a unknown war. They don't talk about who this person was. They don't even know who it was. They don't know what war this individual was killed in. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it was a man, um, but who could it have been? Maybe Hitler. Um, this was created, you know, shortly after World War II ended. And, uh, you know, we all know that, you know, unfortunately, the leaders of the world seem to support Hitler's ideology. And that's becoming clearer and clearer every day. If you want to believe that the UN with their positivity and their spiritual push are on your side I mean, maybe you don't even need to listen to the show anymore. Maybe you just have everything figured out so fucking well that, you know, what am I doing here? I'm just I'm just challenging your beliefs. This probably isn't good for you to listen to anymore. So fuck yourself. We don't need to we don't need to be, uh, you know, affiliated with the same ideas. This is it's very interesting to think who this person could be for sure. Right now, the philodendron is a, a supposedly it's a hardy plant that doesn't need much water at all to survive and for that reason in the occult in hidden history and hidden knowledge it represents abundance as well as forgiveness you forget to water your plant it's still going to live it uh, has an abundance of leaves despite taking up many resources There's also an olive green rug at the time of the original meeting room, of the original meditation room. Olive green rug, um, russet colored chairs, and a blue um, and white UN banner are are sitting in front of the the, um, little area. So instead of your mural, which is all kinds of different shapes of uh, blue, yellow, white, gray, and black, kind of intersecting you see a un banner um consisting of blue and white now blue and white's interesting now you you have the blue and gold which is freemason shit it's the ukrainian symbol um you know the the azov battalion has their little trident in their very corrupt country of ukraine um it's interesting to me that you see this repeated over and over again within the the hidden symbolism within the un and just spiritual push, man. Again, don't ever forget that this is a new age push perpetuated by the United Nations. When you start thinking that you're a spiritual being, maybe that's true. But why are you thinking that now? You weren't thinking that unless you were told that by somebody higher up. Even in this alternative knowledge world, you're hearing this information and you're quantifying it in your own way that makes you comfortable. Let's think for ourselves here. That's what we're supposed to do. But you you can't pay to find somebody with a unique idea in this day and age. There's no one out there, probably even including me. And I take a lot of pride in the way that I do my research. I'm sure that I'm getting my information from sources that may benefit by me pushing out what I learn from them to you. Now, I'm not saying I'm a Freemason or a fucking, you know, one of these elitists. 
But we need to always cross-reference anything that we ever get our hands on as far as information goes. And just because I might be saying it in some sort of convincing way doesn't mean that you need to, you know, believe it. I have no ill intent. But I think that even people that do have ill intent will tell you that they don't have any ill intent. I've said it so many times. The devil doesn't come to you and says that you're going to get fucked for eternity in fire. Comes to you as something that's very appealing and says that you're going to get everything that you ever wanted. So think about that. Think about that every time you apply energy or knowledge into anything that you do. Um, I don't mean to get on a soapbox here, but I find this... um, this world is more and more confusing the deeper you look into it and the smarter you think that you are and the more knowledge you think that you have. If you're being honest with yourself, the more knowledge you have means the less and less you know. It's a very paradoxical ideal, but man, is it true. So looking into this, I'm just finding that there are, are several sites around the world that push the same shit. Doesn't matter if they're Islamic, doesn't matter if they're Christian, doesn't matter if they're Hindu, Buddhist, Taoist, anything. These people are all pushing their followers into the direction of the Temple of Understanding and the Lucius Trust. Okay? Now, let me get a little bit into this World Council of Churches. I'm not going to go deep into these people, but the World Council of Churches is pretty fucking weird. And as you've probably guessed, they're based out of Geneva. Okay? There's 350 member churches around the world. Well, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. You know, I've been really interested in looking into the Lucius Trust and obviously some new things have been developing within my research and uh, it all ties together with this one world religion that the United Nations is pursuing very, very heavily. So head over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. I continue getting into it further. I will be touching on some different aspects in future episodes, but I do hope to uh, get some of your support over there. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon.